Welcome, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't care when you've been unfollowed on social media. It's always one of those weird things on Facebook. You go to send someone a message and you realize you're not friends anymore. And should you care about that? Should it upset you? Particularly if you don't even know the the person in real life, if you've never met them. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. With my guest, Kevin Frank is here. He's the creative director of Second City Training Center uh, in Toronto. We have Carly Heffernan. She's the director of an the upcoming 81st Review, uh, which opens on uh, April 9th. We don't have a title yet, though, right? No, absolutely it's not. It's coming. You're going to give it to me, I feel, by the end of the program. Okay, yeah, we'll try that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll work on that. And then Daniel Shahori is here. Uh, he's worked with Second City in many capacities for almost 20 years. Also the author of a book called Media Horror. Hello. Thank nice to have you all. Thanks for having us. Nice to oh, be here. Listen, let's talk about being unfriended on social media. Um, it happens every now and again. It happened to me the other day that I went to send a direct message to someone on Twitter and realized that I was unable to send a direct message to that person because they didn't follow me back. I was following them, but they didn't follow me back. And, you know, I was upset for half a second, mostly because then I had to like search for an email address or a phone. It it became kind of tiresome for me, but a lot of people uh, take it a bit more seriously than that. They, they feel that it's a personal affront. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I guess so. I mean, as you said, it depends on how well you know the person, how, uh, other than finding out that way, how do they notify you if you've been unfriended? How would you find this out? I don't think so. I don't think you get notified. It's very discreet. Yeah, you well, have to search it out. You have to find it. You have to be a bit of a creeper. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with Dan. It's like there are certain people that are of an elevated level of fame, maybe, that I'll continue to follow, and I don't mind if they don't follow me back. Right. Jake Gyllenhaal eventually will. I know he will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's going to come around to the idea of Carly Heffernan <laughs> within the next six months. I can feel it. I feel it. But I haven't been unfriended by someone that I consider a friend. That said, my father, Merv Heffernan, always uh, ingrained in me from a very young age this is a classic Murphism. If you have more friends than you can count on one hand, they're not really your friends. Wow. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. He wants five, follow, five yeah. followers. Well, well check him out on Facebook. He's is got Merv three. On, yeah, is Merv on Facebook? <laughs> it's yeah, he's... me, my brother, and one guy that I think he coaches recreational soccer to. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sticking to his word. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kevin? Oh, uh, you know, uh, I watch that number every day. <laughs> it's it's almost my it's almost like my credit score. I, I just have to look at it. And if it drops, I want to know who. I scan through to find out who it is. Really? It's, oh, I have been trying to get to ten thousand followers on yeah. Twitter, yeah. and that's kind of the number that I'm shooting at. And when it goes down, it's, I feel defeated. Well, there is that. If you do have a thing, I'm I'm in and around there somewhere, and you're like, damn it, two <laughs> oh, people have, have jumped ship. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Which tweet was it? I know. Yeah. I know. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, I, I suppose there probably is a relationship between the stuff that you're tweeting uh, and the stuff because I uh, just this morning unfriended a number of people that were just posting the the, the same thing sure. on my Facebook page. Every day I wake up and they hate Trudeau and they don't think guns are so bad. And there's a, just a few things. And I've, I've really tried to make my Facebook page and my uh, social media pages in general, I've tried to make them not be echo chambers, right? I don't mm-hmm. want just everyone that thinks the same way posting the same stuff over and over again. And then we all sort of pat ourselves on the back. I have really tried to open it up and, and, and let people talk. I don't chime in that often, but I let people you yeah. know, sort of say what they want. 
Uh, but it just became tiresome. And I was tired. <laughs> they I was tired this moment. morning and I was like, you know what? You're oh, gone no. and you're, I was like, you Oprah, it. and you're gone yeah. and you're gone. You understand why this happens. <laughs> why? What? Well, you do. Like you get, that's what happens. You get annoyed with people or it's like, I don't even really know you in your post. So right. you see, you understand why this happens. Yeah. No, I, I do get it. Auntie Donahue had a good article uh, in the Globe and Mail about this. And uh, she said uh, that when you uh, call your unfollower out, mm. so mm-hmm. someone has unfollowed oh, yeah. you and you yeah. go after them, she said call that's literally the third worst thing anyone could do on this. Oh, <laughs> what are the first two? <laughs> and tell me. And now Anne and I do follow each other. I'll take She's fantastic. She's on, awesome. She understands social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. And she's she's a good small town southeastern Ontario gal like myself. She is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we, we get along quite well. I wonder if her dad's name is Merv. I think all of them are. Merv is sure. the, Merv Heffernan is possibly the greatest name. <laughs> I know. And my mom's name is Barb. So Barb like, and Merv. I, mean, I love I had that. to go into sketch yeah. comedy. Yeah, I, and, yeah. and I would always, when I was doing shows, uh, on the main stage at Second City as an actor, we would always put the names Merv and Barb in the show. Yeah. Let me tell oh, you. I did the Audience same favorites. Thing. Audience yeah. favorite names. What <laughs> names did you use? Al Patch. Al. My, father, uh, my former father in law. Love it. I played Al Patch like three different ske- scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good to meet you, Al Patch. Yeah, he had a hunting uh, shop. Like a, a, good, a hunting goods store. I, I love how stuff uh, comes back, you know, over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, I saw Clark Johnson a little while ago. He's a director. He directed The Wire, and uh, uh, he was on Homicide. He directed The Shield, a lot of stuff. And he, I've known him for a long time, and, and I reminded him that years ago, 20 years ago, I told him a joke. And he keeps using the punchline of the joke, no. which is, you don't just come here for the hunting, do you? She, <laughs> Yowza. Yeah. And, and that, that joke ended up on Homicide. Wow. He, he tells That's the punchline cool. of the joke on Homicide. And he said, dude, you have no idea. In, oh on The Shield, there were Serbian gangsters that said it in different languages. <laughs> oh, and, you know, wow. He said it pops up in everything. That's I hope you're really getting a little cool. envelope with a little well, check every now and it's again. It's funny because when I reminded him that it was me that told him the joke, he reached into his pants pocket and pulled out some cash and offered That's it to cool. Him. That's a cool move. You have your That's own little right. Wilhelm scream. That's right. It is. It's it's my own Wilhelm scream. You don't just come here for the hunting. That's yeah. awesome. Look I'll try for it. in the show. Did you ever yeah. play that, that game where you just give the punchline of jokes? It's a drinking game. Oh, oh my gosh, it's fun. Well, it's, oh, it's, good times. You're just trading punchline uh, and see if anybody can remember well, the Well, here's the thing. I never remember punchlines of jokes. I'll tell you the whole joke and then it'd be like, oh, wait. Um, nope. Uh, wait, no, that's that's no. not it. Yeah, that's not it. Strong beginning, interesting middle. Ooh, <laughs> rough end. No payoff. Rough end. No payoff. But isn't that a bit like life? Um. <laughs> you know, Sarah Silverman did an important thing on social media when she was confronted by somebody on yeah. Twitter. And she she did not drop that person. She did not create an echo chamber. She reached out yeah. and explained her point of view and was open to hear that individual. And I thought that was really a great path forward for us to start to use social yeah. media as an opportunity to discuss stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting, the idea of social media and where it will be in 10 years, because it's new. I mean, you kind of forget that Twitter hasn't really been around all that long. Facebook is only a decade old, maybe a bit longer, but not that much. And, And I think it will change. And I do think that there will be a shift away uh, from it, they say that loneliness is the big plague of the 21st century. People are feeling alone and lonely, and and part of it I blame on social media that you get so kind of sucked into the idea that you know I'm having relationships with people sure. that I've never met, and you're not really. You're trading funny 
pictures true. and cat videos with them. And I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm very, I'm terrified. I've I've watched all the seasons of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're very close to so many of those episodes, and I never know. Like I can't tell the difference between a real human being and a bot. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know see, I mean? here's what you do. So a friend of mine recently posted online on Twitter uh, a, a link to a story that she had written. Uh, about being racially profiled, okay. and and it like caused a firestorm of either support or or the opposite, yeah. right? And what I found, and she was responding to people, and what I found was that when you looked at the people that were really dogging her about this, and this is what I do now, and this is how you yeah. identify bots. You look, and they've they've tweeted five thousand tweets. They have um. nine hundred. They followed 900 people, and only like three people have followed right. them back. Yep. That's right, when right. you can find out who the bots. Well, are. then isn't it so sad though to find the one person that has all that criteria, but's a human? I know, I know. <laughs> who is he? His I, name I mean, might be Merv. I, I, it I, might be Merv. It's Merv. <laughs> Because you can't have more than five friends. He knows. So he just... That's the rule. <laughs> He's not a bot. He's my dad. <laughs> so what what would you say to a dislike button on Facebook? Ooh. So, but I, you know, now it seems negative. It does seem negative. But, you know, when you post that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. my father just died, there should be, right. Right. There should be a, a I, something I not, you can't. Acknowledge it with a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Well, no. and they, do we not have that you can do the emojis now on it? So yeah. I can do the cry face. Yeah, no, but also see, a bit extreme. But isn't it because I'm I crying enough? in my home? I, you know. <laughs> to try and take the spectrum of human emotion for something like that, yeah. a loss, and put it into this one. Yeah. Smiley face or, or frowny face. It's or you it really the, trivializes the human experience. The poop emoji oh, and, I know. and the crying face yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, it's basically the bumper sticker shit happens online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my 20 year old daughter to explain the poop cafe to me. Like, what is oh. the attraction to well, going to uh, a place? Uh, I, I, I don't know that there is one. Uh, I mean, yeah. maybe there is, but you, you, you sit. Uh, no, my, oh. my producer is shaking his head. Yeah, it's on it's on Bloor Street in Toronto. Have yeah. you been to it? I've walked by it, but honestly the thought of like <laughs> poop shaped confections yeah. is just too disgusting for me to want to go in there. Absolutely. And, and you it's sit a snake on... eating its own tail at that part. You know, yeah. come on. And you you're sitting on toilets. Yep. Yeah. Of course. I think, I can't... While you're while you're yeah. enjoying But there are they're not functioning toilets, are they? No, 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 no. I no, would really yes. hope not. Well, but... I well, just, if you it never were, know. I would say that's commitment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what a cycle of life that is. That's you're what Mr. Show's yeah, yeah. really. Taking it in and expelling it exactly. all at the same time. In a place where we normally go in oh. and they say there's no waste. In this place, there is. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So would you hit the dislike button for the Poop Cafe? Absolutely. If I there would. was 100%. a dislike button. In a second. Button. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I'd get on Yelp. And give it, and give it negative stars. Yelp is like the give it a black button. hole yeah. instead of yeah. stars. That's what I'd give it. Right. <laughs> I'd rather see the thumbs down than you explain to me why... You go on and on and on while you don't like something. Just the thumbs Just down. Just the good thumbs enough. down is good probably enough. enough. Good yeah. enough for Dan. Yeah. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Kevin Frank. He's the creative director of the Second City Training Center. We're going to find out all about that when we come back. Carly Heffernan is here. She's the director of the as yet untitled but upcoming <laughs> 81st review at Second City, uh, which opens on April 9th. And Daniel Shahori is here. He's got a long connection with the Second City in Toronto, and he's also the author of a book called Media Whore. Stay with us. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about Kendrick Lamar and why he's banning cell phones at his shows. Lots of people have done it, and I'm all for it. We're going to do that with our panel. Daniel Shahori is here. He is uh, a longtime associate of Second City in Toronto. He's also the author of Media Horror. Uh, right now, he's the publicist for Second City of Toronto and still one of the theatre managers. Kevin Frank is here. He's the artistic, not creative director, mm-hmm. but that's somebody else, uh, <laughs> of the Second City Training Center. We're going to talk all about that in a sec. And then Carly Heffernan is here. She is the director of the As Yet Untitled, I mean, I'm sure it'll get a snappy title. It's one oh, of those things. Got We've got a lot of good ones in the mix. Yeah. But it is that historic 81st review, which just rolls off the tongue, to be honest. Well, 80, that's like, that's how many years does that represent? Oh, that's 40, a great... It's 1973. Yeah. 1973. 73, yeah. wow. And wow. that's for Toronto. That's and for Chicago Toronto. has been around for since 1959. They're on about their 105th review. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Well, they're slackers. If you're only... Uh, if they're only 20-some-odd <laughs> reviews behind you. Turn, turn it around. Over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's quite an honor to be able to uh, come up with the title. Yes. Yeah. And it oh, pays, is that a big thing? Yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they well, bumped that to hundred dollars. Did they really? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! They're all puns, right? They're all sort of puns. On we have gone back and forth. There have been pun titles. There have been more sort of uh, superlative titles yep. have come about in the last sort of nonsensical. Uh, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sh- the current Chicago title is, is called "Dream Freaks Fall from Space." Right. Try and tell me what that's a pun. On. I uh, please, I, someone try and tell me. So, so absolutely, there have been different ones. Um, I, when I was on stage, we had. Uh, dreams really do come true, and then in parentheses, and other lies. Uh, so that was a different way of titling. Yeah, we've kind of been all over the map in terms of titles, so it still could be anything. I love going there. Yeah, we're not oh. talking to Kevin just I'm yet, so but about what we're supposed to. But <laughs> but we'll we'll get there. I love going to the, to the Second City shows. If you're visiting Toronto, you should really check it out. It's a small theater, seats like 200 people. It's intimate. Maybe mm-hmm. more, but three hundred. Three is it three? Yeah. Uh, but it feels really yeah. intimate, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a cabaret. You can have a drink, and they're sitting at small tables. And one of the things that I like about it, and I think it's great for comedy, is that you're kind of packed in there. Yep. Yes. You're close to people, and you hear people laughing, and yeah. the the cast often interacts with the audience, and that yeah. sort of thing. I think it's one of the like, sort of dollar for dollar best values for entertainment in the city, and I have never failed to laugh and. Uh, we, by mistake, because I generally speak and don't go see things over and over again. Right. By mistake, we went to see one of these shows, one of the last shows, a couple of times. We just, we bought tickets once and then it was still playing two months later. Yeah. I didn't, I'd forgotten what the title was. I'm like, it's got to be a new show by now. <laughs> we went back and then I realized immediately that it wasn't, enjoyed it thoroughly and, oh, and completely oh, the second time through. Yeah. That's amazing. And we always have, uh, after every show, we have the, the improv set. Yeah, which but, is really fun. Oh, Those I things. So, love it. And that is... Because back in the the day uh, when uh, Second City was on uh, Lombard Street, and I had no money, I used to go (laughs) late because those sets were free. They still are. And and so you could just come down. And so, and back in in those days, it was like when John Hempel and some of those guys were doing it. So you were seeing like these master craftsmen and women uh, doing these shows. And occasionally something would happen. Like one night, my friend Paul Myers and I used to go all the time. The night I didn't go, Robin Williams shows up. Like all that kind of of stuff. But, But we used to go down all the time. And it's such a cool thing to see art created 
in front of you That's right. hilariously. And even when it bombs, it's still awesome. <laughs> it's it magic. Is. It's yeah. magic. I used to go as a student when I was yeah. taking classes there, and I'd watch the set almost every night yeah. and just stand in what they called death row. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were an understudy, you stood there and you you uh, sort of mimed the lines right, that you right, were right, understudying. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie James used to say, you knew you were getting fired if there was somebody who was bang on with your lines. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting fired. <laughs> Ron James has the best line about Canadian show business ever. It's in Up and Down in Shaky Town, I think, and and <laughs> where he says, you know, I'm a Canadian entertainer, so I don't have a pension plan. I don't have all that stuff. So every day I eat just a little bit of cat food, so it won't come as such a shock once I retire. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Build up that tolerance. Build up that tolerance. <laughs> So, Kevin, what does it mean to be the artistic director of Second City Training Center? Well, it's, you know, it's a dream job for me. I started on the stages as a performer, and then I went on to teach at the the faculty and uh, became the artistic director about 10 years ago. And for me, I get to shape the next generation of of comics that are coming through our organization. But I'm also meeting everyday people. We like to call them civilians. Yes. Everyday people, and and they can come into that class, and they just want to be more comfortable in an unscripted situation. Right. They just want to take that anxiety out of their life because they they don't want to speak in public. Yeah, and these are people often, and I know people that have taken these courses that have to do presentations at work or might have to, uh, teachers, people, anyone that has to stand in front of a group of people at some point and, and deliver information. And they should absolutely study improv because we give them the fundamental tools to be able to know how to reach the audience, how to connect with them, how to read them, how to know yourself and how to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you are going to make because we're all going to do it. And and so we actually took that one step further. We have a whole wellness program and we've got improv for anxiety classes. So people who are suffering from social anxiety can come and we've eliminated any performance aspect of the, out of the class. And it's really about those tools. And that's been a really beautiful program. And give me just a brief overview of what some of those tools are. Well, part of it is uh, about uh, embracing failure. You know, innovation doesn't happen without a mistake. And so failure is everywhere and it's a great opportunity. So just know that everyone makes those mistakes. Fall down seven times, get up eight. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. You know, the race goes to the guy who keeps running. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line. So that's what they learn that fundamental. And then they learn to listen. You know, active listening is a dying art. It is not something that is valued as much in our, in our developmental stage. And we need to get back to that. So active listening tools really allow someone to feel engaged and valued when they're talking to somebody. And it's more efficient. You just get more information when you're really present. Do you think, and we've only got about a minute left, but we live in troubled, weird times now. Do you think that these kind of courses uh, have become more over the last 10 years that you've been doing them? Do you find that there's a difference? People are coming to you for different reasons now or or is it the same as it was 10 years ago? Oh, no, our our student body has changed. You know, their expectations are different. Their needs are different. The evolution of just fundamental communication skills are being emphasized in class now, whereas people were a little bit better at it, say, 20 years ago when I was teaching actively. Uh, It's. Uh, so our student has changed. Our curriculum is updated to reflect that. We mm-hmm. know the person coming through that door is a little bit different and the demands on them are different. And social media is putting so much pressure, you know, just yeah. to get back to that, yeah. so much pressure on people to be perfect uh, that they're concerned about losing the ability to take a risk. 
yeah, you have to have this perfectly curated life or, or you are a failure. Uh, do you have a phone number or a website or something people can go to? Absolutely. Uh, it is uh, 416-340-7270. That's our training center. You can call there. or We have a website, secondcity.com, and you can go into training center. When we come back, we'll talk with Carly Heffernan about the as yet untitled 81st Review opening on April 9th at Second City. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. Uh, in this segment, Possibly, maybe, we'll get to talking about Kendrick Lamar and why he's banning cell phones uh, at his concerts. I think we could probably tie that in we'll do it. with my guests, yeah. Daniel Shahori. Uh, he is the author of Media Horror. He is a publicist, someone who's been very helpful to me finding guests for this show. So thank you for Likewise. that. Also uh, working with uh, Second City Toronto for over 20 years. Uh, we have uh, Kevin Frank here. He is the artistic director of the Second City Training Center. And you just heard about all the programs that they offer there, helping you deal with anxiety, helping you uh, get past your shyness in terms of standing up on stage and delivering uh, a presentation at work or whatever it might be. Uh, give us a website again, Kevin. Sure. It's uh, secondcity.com. And they, we've got all three centers there, the Chicago Center, Toronto Center, and LA Center. And you can just come to the Toronto Center and look at all the classes. It's in categories. If you just want fun, if you want to be a professional development, if you want to be an actor, it's all there. And Carly Heffernan is here. Did you? You must have taken those courses. Is that how it works? I took the course. I yeah. took the conservatory. <laughs> oh. Yes, I uh, moved to Toronto uh, after being at Queen's University, and I auditioned for the conservatory, and I did that program, and then started working as an actor for the company. It is uh, when people talk about the program. Mm -hmm. There was a little dust up on Facebook a little while ago Ooh. between someone who had claimed mm. to be sure. uh, uh, someone who had claimed that they had they, they made it sound on their resume like they had been a main stage yeah. oh, person yeah. when possibly maybe they were in the touring company or they hadn't gone through the concern, whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, the details are a little murky in my head. Oh, and man, did they get beaten up yeah. for it. It's true because <laughs> it happens more often than, than uh, I'd love to admit. Um, yeah, at any given point, there's usually only six people who are part of the resident stage cast, uh, the main stage cast, and then six people who are part of the uh, touring company. However, lots of our training center students do get to do fantastic final and graduating shows on our actual main stage. So they've actually they've been on. On They've the performed stage. on it. I've hosted <laughs> events yeah. on that you're, main you're an alumni. stage. I've there done it. Go. I've do heard it on your not, resume. So not. now I can put that you on my resume. Not. I don't know why you have, have a main not. stage. Yeah. It's it's funny and point. definitely absolutely uh, as an alum as well. I mean, I did four shows there. Ooh, yeah, it does it irks me when when I think that someone's <laughs> maliciously or very consciously trying yeah. to pass that experience off. It's still a great experience to perform on that stage. Yeah. That's really cool, really cool space, and there's a lot of history there. Um, but it doesn't mean you were in a main stage. I know. Well, it's funny mm. because you'd have the scars if you were in the. Uh -huh. <laughs> you have those emotional scars we all have. I, I have hosted a lot of events on that stage uh, during JFL. They yeah. do these onstage interviews, and I've done a lot of them on that stage and that kind of thing. And it, it, it's interesting because I'd only ever sat in the audience before going in that cramped little dressing room backstage mm -hmm. and making my way up through. And I did kind of feel excited. Like there's a bit of excitement that comes from walking down. It's dark back there and kind of narrow and coming back out and seeing it from the stage is pretty cool. Super cool. Oh, I love that view. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good view. I brought my band on stage for a fundraiser uh, in the summer. Right. It was uh, Colin and Deb were doing a fundraiser. Right. Colin Mark and Deb McGrath. That's right, yeah. Let's and throw the real names. Let's throw, do their, it. Yeah. throwing them out there. Name and drop. So the guys in my band, they're musicians, they're cats. They, they, but they, when they got on that stage, they were in awe. They, yeah, they sure. said it was the coolest gig we've ever had. Awesome. Yeah. Really oh, that's nice. So, awesome. Carly, yeah. you're directing the 81st Review. I sure am. How, do, how, does, how does this work? Because people, I think, when they think of second city think oh it's all improvised <laughs> but it's not no but we do create through improv yeah. so when we're in the second city process we're coming in with ideas we're talking about the, a lot of the same things that you probably talk on this program um, we're discussing them we're coming up with nuggets of ideas of how to articulate how we feel about that subject to the audience and then we improvise it in front of them and they are very good the audience yeah. they let us know right away yeah, yeah. what they enjoy and then we might pursue that and they also let us know right away what they don't, and then we'll throw that one out in the alley. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what often happens after the shows. There's an improv mm-hmm. set. And so is that where these nuggets are coming from? Absolutely. Yeah. As we then take the nuggets that worked really well in the improv set, we might put them into a workshop sort of space um, the next day in rehearsal or the next week in rehearsal, shine them up a little bit more until we feel like we can put them into the existing RO. Right. One of the cool things about Second City is we never stop doing shows. So we never... Another theater company does a production, goes down, right. the theater goes dark for a couple of weeks or months. They rehearse a new show, put it up. We continually run. So right now, uh, and as we go into previews, what the audience is seeing is the best shows from the previous show, Party Today, Panic Tomorrow, and the scenes that we have the greatest faith in and the scenes that we are <laughs> liking the most um, that hopefully will make it into the 81st review. Right. That's yeah, cool. And and. What's the, the, the process in terms of, like, so you, you get something, you love it, yeah. but it just it's just not working. How long Ooh. do you fiddle with something until it's until you have to take it out sure. behind the barn? Sure. Yeah. And there's a couple of different answers to that, because I can always take it out of the RO, right. and then the performers can continue to work on it themselves, or I right. can continue to work on it as a director, and then we can try putting it back in. Um, I'll... I'll definitely kill their babies quicker than they kill their babies. <laughs> they hang on. Oh, yeah, they hang on. Uh, are, are there some topics that might be uh, off limits for you? Absolutely not. No. Everything's on limits. Uh, we are a satirical theater. Uh, we're very funny, but it is that satire first. So absolutely everything is fair game. And for my money... Those are the most interesting. If you can find a way to cathartically laugh at some of the really hard subject matter that we deal with, uh, whether it be in a micro or macro sort of aggressive way, those create some of the best scenes. It's funny. I was there one night, and there was a lot of Trump material, unsurprisingly, sure. in, in one of the shows. And there was one table, just like a couple over from us, who, who clearly weren't having a very good time. Right. They just, they just right. didn't seem to enjoy yeah. the, the, they didn't seem to enjoy the, the, the direction the show was going in. And, and they ended up getting up and leaving. And, sure. and I thought, you know... Yuck it up a little bit because the show is yeah. kind of uh, equal opportunity in who it goes after. Exactly. As long as we're also willing to take ourselves to task, then, then we can take anyone to task. But it is important to show other viewpoints. It's also so interesting to me. Sometimes cast members will come in and they want to play the character that has their own viewpoint. Right. But taking that more satirical angle, playing a character that you disagree with 
is awesome for satire, and you find so much more, and and you will hit a larger audience. And when you're hitting a larger audience, then you get into a comedic sort of discussion, and then maybe you can change minds, you can have shifts, you can open up. Cool. Is there a difference between directing uh, people to be funny versus a, a drama or something else? Yeah, absolutely. But, but at the end of the day, it still does come down to commitment. Um, I would say some of my favorite actors outside of uh, the Second City world and just in the world in general are brilliant at both drama and comedy. I think of Olivia Coleman and I think of how dramatic she can be on something like Broadchurch and she can just bring me to tears and then how hilarious she is in something like Fleabag because it really does come down to commitment. Yeah. A, a joke or a beat is rooted in something and a lot of times it's emotion someone being too scared of something too fearful of something too sensual about something <laughs> and if you're committed to that emotion that intent of that beat ooh it's going to play it's going to be funny and the more truth you can put in it the yes. more it resonates with yeah. people cuz you know when it comes down to it we all kind of know what the truth is you know in different shades so the more you can center it on the truth the more you can resonate with the entire audience and how do you know, I mean, obviously pe when people laugh, you know the show is working. You know, yes. you know, but can you feel, can you look at the audience before the, the first sketch and go, hey, they're going to get it. <laughs> there are, it's a hot one tonight. Do you know, there are funny, there are indicators, um, you know, how chatty are they before the <laughs> yeah. show? So are they in for a good time or are they a sort of a quiet, more shy audience? We literally right now, there's, um, we have sort of a pre-show video that plays that does all your standard uh, legwork of, please, no cell phones, yeah, yeah. no yelling, no this, no that. Um, and there's a section that says, you can cheer now. And <laughs> I kind of know based on that cheer, I'm like, these guys are right. going to be Right. Yeah, when they the cheer is this. Yeah. When the cheer is just yeah, the golf, golf clap. clapter. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, push through, everybody. It's going to be a rough Tuesday afternoon. That's right. And Tuesday is that day. Yeah. That's the real test. Tuesday audiences. Uh, nobody likes Tuesday. <laughs> Kevin Frank is here. He's the artistic director of the Second City Training Center. Carly Heffernan. Just talking about directing the upcoming 81st review, which opens on April 9th. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to talk to Daniel Shahori. He's a longtime employee, publicist, and uh, theater manager for Second City, also the author of Media Whore. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. In this segment, I promise we're going to talk about Kendrick Lamar eventually <laughs> and why he doesn't want you to bring cell phones to your shows. By this point, you've probably looked it up. You've Googled it anyway. You don't really care what we have to say about it anymore. But there's a reason, and there's a good reason why you shouldn't bring your cell phones to a show. Uh, and we're going to do so with my guest. We've got Kevin Frank here. He is the artistic director of the Second City Training Center. Carly Heffernan is here. She's directing the upcoming 81st Review at Second City, and it opens on April 9th. And Daniel Shahori is here. You've heard Daniel's voice before on this show, and you've certainly felt his influence on the show because we book a lot of guests through you. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. It helps. It's a symbiotic relationship I'm very happy to have with you. And uh, you have written a book called Media Horror, and it's uh, you were here a while ago to talk about it. It is how to get yourself noticed in a very noisy and, and busy world. Right, without being very noisy yourself necessarily. Right. It, it's uh, the basics were, hey, if you have something interest that you feel is interesting, that you love, that you wish to share with people, ask. Yeah. Ask people like yourself, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Can I please come and speak with you about this? 
and there's no real trick to it other than that. That that's 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 the whole basis of this book. Well, and it's funny because it sounds really simple, but people don't do it. They don't and do that. They don't do it. And, you know, one of the things that I always find interesting is occasionally you get these really elaborate press kits that arrive. And Bill? Yeah, they're, yeah. You know, you get a box and it's yeah. filled with stuff, filled with those little styrofoam peanuts. And oh, within those man. styrofoam peanuts are little swag items and things and loads of material that you're just never going to have enough time to read and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, instead of just calling me and saying, hey, listen, uh, we've got someone who's made a right. movie. The movie is really interesting. Can we do this? You send me this thing that's going to take me an hour to go through before I say either yes or no. That doesn't work for me. Are you still getting that in 2018? Oh, yeah. I I got a giant box the other day that came uh, for a project that I won't mention uh, because I said no. But it came with bottles of wine. It came (gasps) with uh, a blanket. It came with all sorts of stuff, all sorts of things. That's something. I used to say uh, (laughs) that... The, the more elaborate the press kit. So back in the day, before all press kits were just living online, now you just access them online. But they used to send you, uh, generally speaking, a, a, a folder, a file folder that had you know information on the book or the movie or whatever. But I always said the more elaborate that is, the worse the project is. So I remember a movie called sure. uh, 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 Rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. And you opened up the press kit, and it had that voice, let's get ready to rumble, that spoke when you opened <laughs> up the press kit. And I thought, ah, this movie's going to suck. That was the wrestling movie. Yeah. Right. From, mm. right. And so, you know, uh, I, I always think uh, simple is better in virtually every aspect of life. Yeah. And including this one. Uh, well, ask. It's because it's, 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 but it's taken many, many years for me to even realize that myself. Right. Like, oh, it's really, oh, this is really just what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I felt weird putting it out in a book. It's like, it's really just this. Just <laughs> Just be yourself. Ah. If you if you love something, it'll resonate, and yeah. the other person will be able to pick that up. And it, it's it. There's no tricks to it. There's no angles, or you don't have to be a certain. It's just do that. Try that. And there's a lot of there's a lot of media for you to try this with. So just try it with everybody. Ask everybody. Yeah. Keep asking. If they don't get back to you, it's because somebody like you is getting 600 emails a day. That's the thing. Right. It's not personal. It's so, not yeah. personal. And and th- I, I get probably between four and 600 emails a day yeah. uh, uh, offering me stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, just things. And a lot of it is completely inappropriate. A lot of stuff, one of the rules that I have is know your press. Sure. Nothing will alienate me anymore yeah. than getting an email uh, from, a, you know, a toothpaste company saying, we thought of you when <laughs> with our new minty fresh. Maybe you'd like to have the man that developed the new mint flavor on the, on the radio show. You know, we, I get that all the time. But between, you know, the print, the radio, and the television stuff that I do, I get a lot of these yeah. pitches. Right. But I only have a, a, a finite amount of spaces that I can put people in, that I can slot people in. And frankly, I'm going to do it with people that I think are interesting, yeah. that are going to be easy to work with, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and projects right. that I think are, are worthy, projects that I think are interesting. If that... If the actual inventor of that toothpaste who came up with yep. that themselves came to you and said, you know, I made this in my yep. basement and I really, you might have 
been more receptive to that. I had a, a woman on here the other day, completely out of my kind of wheelhouse, because typically speaking, it's all pop culture and 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 in movies or sure. authors or whatever. Uh, but I had a woman on here that has a company that makes tea, and I just liked her story. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. And, That's and yeah, pluck tea. Go check it out. It's all right. And and uh, she was fascinating. I really liked her. But that's how that yeah. worked. She that's approached me and said, like, can right. I? And I said, so if you, you're interesting, you can come on. That's it. So you probably had somebody who worked for the company who it's hard to convey passion for this toothpaste. Unless Never go for the right. professional spokesman yeah. or person. Yeah. Right. But Second City for me is is very because again I'm very 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 familiar with the yeah. company. It's very easy for me to speak about this. Yeah, yeah. And, and get you interested in people like Carly and, and Kevin. Yeah, mm. absolutely. No, I was excited and excited to to tell people about it because I think Second City in some ways is one of those things that we take for granted because it's been here forever, and it's always been good. And and you kind of sometimes I think you you just you forget. What you've got, yeah, sitting and you know staring you in the face. They're the best in the world at what they do. They're a very tight unit of improvisers. They're as good as anybody in any other field at what yeah. they're doing, right? And and that's scientific because they spend hours and hours and hours together doing this in front of an audience, a different audience every night, and it's an amazing training field. And therefore, they are the best at what they do. Do people here, Kendrick Lamar? Do people ever right. try and video? Have you see phones? This is so funny. Can I, can I literally say this is so hilarious? Because Kendrick Lamar was literally just at Second City Chicago. Really? Yeah, and they have a picture of him with the cast. Uh. It's all over Twitter. So I just think this is so funny. He was okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, I don't know. Um, but like, uh, oh my goodness, we, we get celebs down. Absolutely. I mean, everyone gets excited and wants to come to the improv sets at um, uh, when Tiff is in town. Yeah, right. Because right. you never know who's going to come in. You never know who's going to uh, have the cojones, as yeah, they to say, get to get and play in the set. We've had some really cool celebs come down. But also, it's like Dan says. Come down and see the cast because they're the celebs of tomorrow, and and they're fantastic. Yeah. The, the 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 shows are great. So, but what I was getting at: Do you ever see during the show? Do people try and like sneak? They do. Always. Yeah, sneak yeah. footage Always. and that kind of thing. And and what you obviously say: It's hey. a rule. It's a it's an equity stage rule. Right. The, the stage union uh, does not allow such a thing, so we have to abide by that. Right. And yeah. but when you go to a show, okay. So I went to the celebrating David Bowie show at the Danforth Music Hall a couple of weeks ago, and we're seeing on stage members from various members of David Bowie's touring bands from the last, like some of the dates back to Station to Station, which was about 1978 or something right. like that. Earl Slick was there. It was you know kind of a, Mike Garson who played that. The, probably the world's most insane piano solo on on Aladdin Sane was the piano player. I mean, it was just it was a, a, a treat for Bowie fans. And as I was sitting watching the show, I was distracted by the hundreds of cell phones that were being held up, right. like people used to hold up lighters, yep. you know, mm -hmm. in in the in the seventies, uh, and trying to videotape the show. And I thought, you know, you're never going to watch that video again. And you're taking yourself out of the moment yeah. of, of actually enjoying the thing that's happening right in front of you <laughs> right. while it's happening. And, and I honestly, I don't get the, the, the joy of it. Yeah, and I, I do feel like it is that performative thing that we do online, which is that those videos are going to go up on their Facebook and their yeah. Instagrams and they're going to become Instagram stories. And it's to show the world, look how cool and cultured yeah. I am. 
It's yeah. just proof. Here, it's their social proof. media notch on their belt. Yeah. Right? And and that's all it means. And I think it really demeans the live event. Uh, I do, too. I think that the beauty of live events is that they exist in your memory. Yeah. That's the way to access yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Now, what's Kendrick saying the reasoning is? Well, he, He's saying it's, it's sort of image control? Well, there, 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 there's a yeah. lot. There, there's a lot of reasons for it. Now, one of the things is, you know, and bands for years have had the three song limit in terms of photographs. Sure. So you come out, you're looking fresh, you're not all sweaty yet, all that kind of okay. stuff, right? So they, they, you take pictures in the first three songs, and then all the professional photographers leave. Um, what he is saying is he's trying to limit the market in an attempt to protect his valuable brand and ensure the appetite ticket. For sales, uh, or the the appetite for tickets remains very well, keen. So the idea is, if you can watch the concert online, why would you pay 150 bucks to yeah. go see it live? My guess is he's going to take that stance until he drops out of number one, right? <laughs> and then uh, he's going to be desperate for any social media presence he can get to keep his name out there and competitive with the next generation of musicians. That might be, except that. You know, I, I, I interviewed a guy called Darcy Michaels yesterday, a comedian. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's awesome. We love him. Uh, but he said, you know, like we were not exactly talking about this, but he said, once you do something on television, once I do a bit on television, it's burned. I can't use it again. Right. Because people will, you know, people will say, oh, he's just doing the old stuff. And I think that's what happens with comedians. Yeah. You videotape, uh, a, a videotape, Grandpa Moses <laughs> says you, you shoot with your iPhone uh, a comic set and it burns it. I think yeah. all of a sudden then audiences – and Jack White uh, also doesn't allow uh, cell phones at his shows, and it's for a different reason. He likes the applause, and he says, if you've got a phone in one hand, and you've got a, you can't applaud. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think that it, it does you know, distract from the overall experience. Yeah, absolutely it does. And and it depends, you know, how much of it are you taping? Are you taping the whole thing? Are you are you holding yeah. it above and are you also taking it in or is your is your phone right in front of your face? Oh, it's interesting. When I go to a live event, my practice is to uh, take a shot of the program. I do that. Yeah. I and do I that. I take a shot of the program and at the at the Bowie event, I took a shot of the stage beforehand. That's great. Uh, just because I wanted, they had a cool kind of Bowie thing in the back, and I took one picture near the end because honestly, Earl Slick is like the greatest rock and roll poser of all time, and yeah. I just said, but that was it. That was it. The phone was in my pocket for the rest of the time. Speaking of it, we're out. It's over. We just ran out of time. Oh, I just looked at my man. clock, and we are out of time. I want to thank Kevin Frank, the Artistic Director of Second City uh, Training Center, for being here. Carly Heffernan, go see the 81st Review, whatever it ends up being called, on April 9th at Second City. And Daniel Shahori, uh, you will probably see you at the theater standing outside yep. managing things, yep. making, taking people's cell phones away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I do. Not that. Uh, thanks so much for thank being you. here. Much thanks to you for listening, and thanks to Andre on the board.